Hey guys, it's Kelly, and I want to welcome you back to the Unbroken Podcast. I'm going to say that I might need to put a trigger warning in the front of this episode. I'm not 100% certain if it's needed. I don't know where this episode is going to go to, so just in case, I wanted to throw that out there because could be some sensitive topics. Um, I read a book the other night and it was about a girl that had gotten kidnapped. I don't know why. I really like those kinds of books, but it's just that kind of suspense novel just is so much more stimulating for me. It seems like the murder ones, I always kind of figure out who the killer is before the big reveal, so I just get bored with them, but I just, I didn't realize when I sat down and started reading, or even when I bought the book, that I was going to relate to it as much as I did, and I mean, yeah, I was kidnapped by a man named James, and he trafficked me, and I'm finding out some pretty interesting connections that he may have to my family. I haven't quite linked everything together, but there's dots for sure. But this girl, she was kidnapped when she was young. She was 10. And um, the story takes place five years later, just about when she's about to turn 15. And... It's called The Living Dead Girl by Elizabeth Scott. Um, It really, it hit me really hard because it opened my eyes to quite a few things. The first thing is when she describes the kidnapping, she said that he didn't look like the person that they warn you about. So... She thought, you know, he was just someone being nice and being kind. And obviously, you know, that was something I always had talked about that, you know, sex traffickers, they're not the creepy guys at Walmart. They're not the people leaving marks on your car. They're not on some app, you know, that's. That's not the truth. That's not what it looks like. They look like normal people. They look just like anybody that you walk past. And I mean, statistically, you've probably walked past quite a few throughout your life, depending on how much you go out. So I liked the way that this author had, you know, portrayed that part. Because it's true with sex trafficking and it's true with other types of creeps, you know, serial killers and kidnappers that just kidnap for the reason of kidnapping. And, um, you know, they don't look, they don't look like they warn you about. And I mean, when James kidnapped me, he didn't look like anything other than just this really nice guy that was moving out of town and you know, wanted to help me out, and I really had nothing to lose at that point, and 
I mean, he gave me an answer to every problem that I was having. So, I mean, it just, it wasn't the right decision, obviously. But the other thing I think in the book that's really been, I don't know, bringing me down or how to say it, but she refers to herself as the living dead girl. I mean, she even talks about how she eats toothpaste because she remembers, you know, being told when she was young that it's poisonous. And, you know, she's just a living dead girl. I mean, you really have to read the book. I don't want to give too much of it away in case someone wants to. But when she talks about herself uh, prior to the kidnapping, she says that it's the once upon a time girl. And I know I've said it before that there was no before the abuse for me. So I, I, I don't have a once upon a time girl, but just reading this book made me realize that there is a once upon a time girl, a girl that I used to be, a person that I used to be that I I can't go back to. And it's not the before the abuse. It's the before I knew it wasn't normal. And I mean, I knew what was happening to me, you know, wasn't right. And I knew that you know, as I got older, that this isn't the life that I was supposed to be living or, I mean, I I can't, I can't explain it. It's like, it was my normal, but it, it wasn't normal. And I think it was just, I thought it was domestic violence. And I mean, I don't wanna compare and say that, you know, domestic violence victims don't go through it as bad as sex trafficking victims do because, I mean, there's no comparison. Your body responds and your mind responds to trauma in the way that it does. It doesn't matter how bad or how not bad it is compared to somebody else's. I mean, everybody's life is different, but when it was just domestic violence, like... I felt different and I don't think I really understood the extent of what I had escaped at the time that I escaped and the years after that it was it was just different and I was different I was moving on with my life I didn't feel like I was trapped. I didn't feel like there was a life sentence placed on me. Like I was a domestic violence victim and I left and I got a restraining order and eventually they would just move on to their next victim. And that was it. But then the memories started and then the urge to find out answers started because like I had said before, I didn't 
I didn't fit in anywhere. I mean, I went to domestic violence support groups and I just, I felt like I didn't belong. I went to sexual assault support groups and again, like, I didn't feel like I really belonged there. It was like people talked about, you know, just a stranger in the domestic violence groups. It was like their husbands that they were escaping. I even joined some groups on Facebook that were for children of toxic parents or abusive parents. And again, it just didn't, it just didn't feel like I fit there. And that's when, you know, I felt the urge for answers. And that's when I found the woman's blog that her and her daughter had actually been kidnapped by my father and his friends and she was sex trafficked and that's when I kind of started to figure out what it was called and I mean I sit back and I I try to think like when exactly the moment was that it kind of clicked and I just don't I don't remember but It's like, since I started sharing, things are so different. I mean, sometimes I feel like I can't show any weakness. Because if I do, then a survivor or a victim might hear that and it won't... I mean, maybe they'll feel like there's no life beyond and... I mean, there is a life beyond, and I'm happy most of the time. I mean, not today. Today is just not a good day, but, you know, I don't know. It's, I try to, like, sit and think about everything that I can remember, and it's like, there's so little memories of like the horrible things that I mean I can think about them all in just a couple of hours but it's like why is there no in between and I I know that people repress memories and everyone says like your mind is protecting you like for the past few weeks I kept thinking about the this greenhouse a house with like green siding and I could feel something in my mind pulling me away from whatever memory my mind was trying to bring me to and I mean when I talked about it with my therapist and with other friends that have been through similar things I mean they all say the same thing you know my mind was protecting me but from what exactly sometimes I wonder like from what because I don't remember turning 14. Did something happen on my 14th birthday? Or did something happen that Christmas? Because I, I don't remember that either. For the longest time, it was... I kind of remembered prior to 9-11. And I was... I guess I was about 17, 18 then. I think I was 18 and um, I kind of remember before that 
but not very much. And so it's like, what's my mind protecting me from? The memories that have surfaced, the guys that were hunting me, I mean, that was horrifying. And I don't talk about it a lot because when I did open up about it, it was one of my more viral videos on TikTok. And I mean, I don't know if it was really viral. 200,000 views was a lot for me. I got a lot of, um, a lot of hate. I got a lot of prove it, show the scar. Um, I got people demanding to see the scar, but I mean, it's on, it's on a part of my leg. I'm not really comfortable showing, um, I don't even know if it was somewhere that I was comfortable showing if I would have. Um, I also got a lot of demands to know who these men were because they wanted to know if they were the rich and powerful because you always hear about them doing the hunting. And I mean, they do. I mean, I've experienced that. But... Um, if I remember that, why don't, why don't I remember my 14th birthday? What could have happened that was worse than that? And then, I, I mean, I have the woman who did the hiding seat games with us, and she would force what at the time I thought was her husband to uh, rape us as young kids, but always made us keep eye contact with her. We weren't allowed to look at him. And that, I mean, that was absolutely horrifying. So, I mean, what else is worse than that? I mean, why is it like I remember some things, but others that seem like they're so mundane, I don't remember. But it's like they tell me that my mind is protecting me, but it's like, I don't know from what and sometimes it's like I feel like there was some happiness throughout my life and I'm not allowed to remember that my mind won't let me and I I don't know if it's because you know I just don't know I'm not with it tonight <laughs> I'm trying I'm tired I've been crying all day. I've had some pretty bad panic attacks. Um, kind of got in a fight with the husband. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, we'll make it through. We always do. But I just want to be free. And I don't know how. Because, I mean, me and my husband were talking about an upcoming move. And he just said, you know, are we going to move every single time that, you know, you get scared? And, I mean, I just matter-of-factly said, yeah, we are. That's what we're going to do. And... He wasn't happy about it, and I realized, like, at that time, 
the look in his eyes that it was like this wasn't the life he chose to you know the one where you constantly just pack up and leave just to feel safe I could never get him to understand fight or flight. I mean, it's not something I think that you can really quite explain unless, you know, you've experienced it. I think you'll understand. But I mean, how, how do you explain that you won't feel safe until you're in a new place? But it's it's confusing because, I mean, exactly how safe do I feel when I move? Because I know when I moved to one of the places, it, it was very shortly after that, that that safety net, whatever, was violated. And I mean, it happens pretty much everywhere. I never feel safe. I never feel free. And it's like, you know, you always think, like, what's the point? What was the point of leaving, escaping, the name changes, the restraining orders, all of that? What, what's the point, you know, if you're just going to be running forever, you know? I mean, I can't even say, like, if my parents passed away, if I would be free then, because it, it wasn't just them. It, w it was a ring. And I mean, I'm finding links more and more every day. And, you know, so it's, it's not, I'm not free when they're gone. I'm free when I am. And I'm not saying I want to take my life. Please don't think that. It's just, I hate to give away the end of the book, but... The last chapter was just two words. I'm free. And it just sunk my heart into my stomach. Because I just, I realized like, I mean, I'm going to have my good days. And I'm going to have bad days. And I'm going to have probably more bad than good. But how do I become free? Is it? I mean, putting them in jail, will that make me free? Or will that put a bigger target on me? Talking to, you know, certain people, maybe getting more exposure to them and my story. I mean, can I be free then? Because it's like someone had once said, you know, if you bring a lot of attention to yourself, Someone will notice if you're gone. And, I mean, I, I don't really know if anyone would notice. I mean, if I, if I stopped doing these, people would just think I stopped doing them. My TikToks would just sit there. My social media would just sit there. I mean, I've taken days off before. I, I don't call people a lot. They don't call me a lot. I mean... I changed my numbers so much that, I mean, half the time that I call people, they don't even know it's me. I mean, I had to change my number so much. My friend actually asked for a picture proof that it was me. She didn't believe it because, I mean, 
Kind of like people say on TikTok, you must be new here. I mean, I've had like dozens and dozens of phone numbers. I just change them and I just move. But do I get to have like that kind of life where you put roots down and you start to live instead of just survive? Because that's all I'm doing right now. I'm just surviving and I'm barely even doing that. I mean, I don't feel like I'm surviving most days. I mean, I'm scared. I'm scared sitting at home while my husband's at work. I'm scared when we go out in public. I'm scared sitting here right now knowing that there's a window behind me and at any moment someone could just climb in. I'm scared all the time. And I mean, is that living or is that surviving or is it nothing? Is it, I mean, what is that? You know? And the girl before I knew, she wasn't that scared. She wasn't always looking over her shoulder She wasn't looking at the future in a grim way. She was looking at it in a positive way, like, I'm going to get past this. I'm going to move on. And me now, I, I, I don't see that. And I always say, you know, if you keep touching the past, you're never going to get past it. But it's like... My past is my past, and it is in the past, where it belongs. But the things that scare me today is not my past. It's my present, my future, the things they're doing now, the things that they could potentially do, which I know them so well that I'm very rarely wrong. You know, so... I'm just kind of feeling that deeply that book made me think about a lot of things that I don't know if I was purposely avoiding or if I was just ignoring you know like I said when you're sharing your story publicly you kind of have a lot of pressure that you can't show that weakness You can't show that fear that you have because you want people to look up to you. And you see that saying that goes around that your story could be somebody else's survival guide. And I mean, I've had a lot of people, like a lot, reach out and say that, you know, I... Like, my story has helped them to move on, has helped them to escape. I mean, multiple, multiple things, and it's a lot of pressure. And it's emotional, but I just... I don't know. I just think about how I was 12 years ago. When I walked out that door without ever looking back, I don't feel that strength still. 
I feel like it's faded over the years. And then I think back to 11 years ago on the 21st of this month when I was able to get clean and I had a lot of strength then and I just don't feel that today. I mean, I'm still clean. I am looking forward to my anniversary, but I don't know if I should have shared. I don't think that it added to my life as much as I thought it would. I think it made things worse. I think it's destroying my marriage and my relationship with my husband because of what it's doing to me. And I think that it's affecting friendships and affecting my daily life and affecting how I do things and how I look at things and how I feel about myself. It's not easy to be vulnerable and to have people see and hear that vulnerability and then when you're proud of yourself because you were actually able to get through that video or through that episode and then you see the comments and the comments are so nasty, it takes a toll. I don't care who you are, how strong you are, it takes a toll and it makes you not want to get out of bed. It makes you just want to lay down and watch TV or open up a book and just escape into this fantasy of, you know, the TV show or the book that you're watching. And, you know, it's easy to get caught up in that and to imagine this whole life that you could have had that you'll never get to. And I kind of do that. I kind of sit down and dream about like what my marriage would be like without my past because I mean I went through it but my husband didn't so why does he have to deal with the after effects and it's like he wants to buy a house and I don't I like the security of an apartment. I like being on the second floor. I like the locked doors. I like that. It makes me feel safer. But, I mean, you can't live in an apartment forever. I mean, eventually you have to start start to put some roots down. And I, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know when. I'll be ready for that because I feel like I have to be free of them. And, you know, the girl said in the book when she had talked about, like, taking showers to, like, feel clean, that um, she had watched, like, some talk shows that you can't take enough to feel clean again. And, I mean, I know that. I know that feeling very well. I mean, I had the urge tonight, like, I have the urge right now to just, like, hit stop and pause or whatever and just go take a shower and try to wash 
all of this off, but I, I can't. You can never wash yourself enough to feel clean enough. It never goes away. It always sits with you. And some days it's worse and some days it's not so bad, but it's always there. And it's like a hum in the background, like when your refrigerator is humming and you can't help but not notice and it just drives you so crazy because it never lets you forget that it's there. And I just... I just don't want it to be there anymore. I don't want to be a survivor of sex trafficking anymore. I don't want to be the girl that was trafficked to the rich and famous. I don't want to be the girl watching a former client on trial right now. I don't want to be... I don't want to be me anymore. I just... I want a normal life, but I don't exactly know what normal looks like. I don't know what it feels like. I don't, I don't know what it sounds like. I mean, and I don't know anything about it. Nothing has ever been normal for me. I mean, I created my own normal. I just want to be free of them and I want them to leave me alone and I want to just move on with my life instead of feeling like stuck like the living dead girl you know not alive but not dead not living barely surviving I just don't want to be that person anymore. And I don't know how to not be. So, this wasn't like my usual episodes, I'm, I'm sure. Um, there's a lot of pauses. I apologize if you thought I was done. Um, my mind is in a hundred thousand different places right now. To be honest, I don't know if I'm going to publish this. I mean, if I am, I'm going to have to stop it and immediately do it, or I'm just going to end up deleting it. I mean, I tried doing episodes yesterday, an episode yesterday, and I just, I kept deleting it and deleting it. And then I finally just got up and I just went into my room because I started remembering about that greenhouse and I started to figure out that there was a lot of things that happened there. Um, I mean, my dad broke my desk chair over my back, which is probably why I have so many back problems. I mean, he threw me down the stairs a couple of times, um, stood over me, strangled me, then would stand on my chest. I was outside smoking a cigarette. I mean, there were times where he would just drag me back into the house by the hood, just like strangling me the whole way in. I got in fights with my brothers. I mean, I can remember pushing my little brother 
up against the desks of like the computer desks and I don't know why we were fighting um I can remember that's where you know I started dating my ex-husband um I was kicked out of that house the cops came a lot to that house but never you know did anything to help me 9-11 happened at that house so it wasn't just things happening inside of the home. I mean, I can remember sitting on the counter and my really good friend Jim was there. And I mean, he wasn't like, we weren't like making out or anything, but he was just so good such a good person and just telling me that you know I didn't have to be sad it wasn't going to be like this forever and I was so close to telling him everything but I couldn't and I, I had you know my best friend lived next door and I mean I couldn't tell him either but I'm sure he knew he saw everything and you know he didn't know what to do I told him not to do anything and I think he thought it was best to respect my wishes I wish he didn't but you know I don't know he probably was the one that called the cops so I, I don't know oh. <sighs> we're not always strong and life after isn't sunshine and roses and I mean there's good days there's good days but there's bad ones too today just happens to be a bad one and I don't think I've ever shared what the bad days are like the days where I just sit on the floor in the bathroom and just cry and because I just don't want to keep surviving. I want to start living. And I fight with my husband, not because he's a bad guy, because I can't control certain things sometimes. And then I go into a flashback and everything just gets worse. And then I'm just like so exhausted. And then I'm up at 5 a.m., recording this episode just wondering you know if I'm even going to be able to get some sleep tonight and I just wanted to watch Yellowstone that's all I wanted to do today I'm just a couple episodes behind and the whole day just was ruined because of that book and that's so true for survivors you know you never know what's going to trigger you. And even when it does, you don't know why. And sometimes you never know why. You know, like, sometimes my husband breathes a certain way that just drives me crazy and triggers me so much. And, I mean, he only does it when he's sleeping. So I think it might be a client may like breathe that way kind of it's like a snore but not really like a growling snore you know but that book it just hit 
it hit my heart and my soul in certain places. And you know what? Maybe it was a good thing. Maybe I needed a day of crying. Maybe I needed a day or two of just thinking about how much I fucking hate my life. How much I hate that they damaged me so bad that I just can never be normal. And I don't mean what society thinks is normal. I think what I want to be is normal. I mean, I hate that I don't feel safe buying a house because it's too close to the ground, even though I'm terrified of heights. I hate that when there's a car that's behind me for longer than a mile, I feel like they're following me. I hate when I get a weird text message and I think it's them trying to put spyware into my phone. Like, I hate the surviving part. I hate that I haven't gotten to cross over to the living part yet, to living a life after all of the trauma. I mean, I'm there, but I'm not there every moment of every single day, and that's what I want. I want it to be a constant because the only constant I've ever known is chaos. And I just want the chaos to quiet down and go away. But I don't know how to make that happen. I'm sorry this wasn't the happy-go-lucky Kelly that you guys know. It's just the me that I get sometimes from, you know, something that just hits harder and makes me sit down and think, you know, it's just the other me, the survivor, the me that, you know, is human, I guess. I, I don't know. I'm going to take a couple days off, maybe. See how I feel in the morning. But thanks for tuning in and listening. And if, um, if I said some things that were a little triggering, I apologize. And um, I just, I hope that this kind of helps people just keep in mind, you know, it doesn't end at the last sale. Like, just because we escape doesn't mean that it ends. And I'm not just talking about the, you know, the fear is always there and the hurt and the pain is always there. You learn to live with it. You learn to cope. And eventually it, it doesn't hurt as bad, but it never stops hurting. And your heart never stops breaking, especially when in cases like mine, it's, it was my parents. It was like the two people that were supposed to love me and protect me were the ones that hurt me more than anyone ever could in my entire life. They're the ones that damaged me worse than anything. They're the ones that scare me the most. They're the ones that just ruined everything. And I just, I wish they could have, instead of doing it, just let me go. And I wish that they would just let me go now. 
It's been 12 years and I don't want it anymore. And I don't know what I need to do to satisfy them enough. Like, do I need to show that I'm not okay? That I'm not happy? That my life is such a pain in the ass because of them? Like, is that what what you guys want? Like, what do you want from me? Because I just want you to go away. And I want you to leave me alone. And I want you to leave my family alone. So I'm going to leave it there. And I'm just going to end it with saying that tomorrow, well, technically later today, is a new day. And I'm going to watch Yellowstone tomorrow. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to watch it. And if my husband's too busy to watch it with me, well, then he's just going to have to deal with the fact that I watched it without him. We've been watching the entire series together. But... I'm going to make tomorrow a better day than the past two days. And I'm going to make next year better than this year. And I'm just going to keep focusing. And if I have to bring it down to I'm going to make the next five minutes better than the past five minutes because I need to make it that small to make a difference, then that's what I'm going to do. Because you have to keep making your world smaller to fix it and I've learned that much so thanks for listening thanks for the continued love and support sorry that I cried sorry that this was a little heavy of an episode but I needed to get it out I needed to tell somebody and I don't want to just dump on one of my friends like I always do I think this is awareness this is the other parts that people need to hear because survivors share their stories they share what happened to them but they don't share their bad days they don't share those thoughts so I mean some do but you know I just wanted to so thanks for bearing with you know bearing with me and for listening and supporting as always and um I might make an episode tomorrow, but if you don't hear from me for a couple of days, I'm just making my days better and I might need to take a small break, just a few days, but thanks again and I will talk with y'all soon.